Anna, Anna, how's your grief today? Oh, um, well, to be honest, you've caught me at the end of a very long working day. The sun's just come out and you may or may not be able to hear the birds singing, which is quite lovely. And just seeing your lovely face does make me feel better. But I am feeling very griefy. Um, and I wanted to do, I wanted to be upbeat me to do our roundup, but I think it's important to be honest. And um, I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed with life in my personal life, in my um, my grandmother, my work, my, um, I have a ongoing problem with one of my ears and I've got permanent hearing loss. I just found out today, which is pretty terrible. And um, I'm turning 30 in a few days and I just want my mum to be there. And I just feel very full of, I think there's some kind of bit of me that romanticizes like a lot of things. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have a really nice relaxing wig. And then I'm just gonna like turn 30 and everything's just gonna like, of course, nothing's gonna change. It's another fucking day. But like part of me just kind of thought that I'd be, um, I'd be a lot calmer than I am. And I don't feel calm. I miss my mum. And I want her to be here. And it fucking sucks that I've lived 99% of my twenties without her here. And now I'm gonna have to live my thirties without her here. Saying that, um you know I also feel very blessed and like I've achieved and you know if you caught me on a better day you know I've done some amazing things I've met some amazing people I have the best friends I could possibly ask for and you know I have important relationships all around me um and passions and hobbies and great things on the horizon but today you've got me on a day when none of it matters and I miss my mum and we won for the benefit of the listener, Anna ran me through details of what she's dealing with right now. And I felt overwhelmed just listening to it. So <laughs> going through it, that's a sane response. I think yeah. that's the difficulty when we're really overwhelmed by every area of our life, just like punching us in the face. But that's, we may feel crazy, but that's the same response because everything's just happening at once and, the, and, and this happens. And as strong and resilient as you are, I wish you didn't have to be so strong and resilient. And as someone who is in their thirties and also saw in their thirties without their mum, it's weird, won't lie. I think a lot of people expect to be in their forties and fifties maybe without you know their parent being there, but we are having to uh, continue the mumming of ourselves in a, in a more literal fashion than a lot of other people. It's fucking tough. It is, but we're here, we're queer, we're full of cheer, we're gonna be all right. We are queer, <laughs> cheering. We're recording this in, um, in, in the, <laughs> the first week of the continual trickiness that is Pride Month. Oh my gosh, I went to McDonald's drive through yesterday and they'd like judged it up to make it like pridey and I was like, you don't give a fuck, go away, stop it. It's like the uh, the Pride floats in Brighton, it's all like Ford and um, all these estate agents. <laughs> it's like, come on lads. Um, how was your grief, Ems? Oh, um, I just want to, corporate commodification is really weird and sometimes I wonder, maybe it's sort of, eerily strange in a way that we don't talk about grief more because then it can't necessarily be commodified as much because I think that I would find incredibly difficult just wanted to Ooh. say that well it's less easy to make money isn't it yep yep um I'm a, I'm like hunky-dory like I mean it is 
I, I'm at a point in my life where I don't have anywhere near as much of the overlapping areas of my life condensing and, and compounding into one. Um, and I, so it's just a lot easier for me to be grateful because I don't have immediate stresses. And I also wanted to just say like, you're no less grateful for just appreciating what is urgent. I think that's another thing. Like I'm all for gratitude practice, but it's not the same as toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. like, it just not at all. Um, you're, you're, you're allowed to be stressed and it's allowed to taint things. You know, I, I, I think regrettably it is uh, what's called being human. I did throw up my hands the other day when I was more stressed about, I don't even remember now because most of the stuff I get stressed about really isn't <laughs> pertinent or long lasting, which I'm glad that I'm saying that on a recorded piece of media because I can come back to it and remind myself of that. Because <laughs> I lose sight of that very easily. But I said to my therapist, like, God, I'm such a fucking psychological cliche. And she went, what, you mean a human being? I was like, oh, touche. <laughs> yeah. Because again, my terminal uniqueness. Mm -hmm. I'm just made of the same stuff. I react in the same way. I'm no more or less simple or complicated than the rest of uh, us beings. But the major sort of podcast theme related news is that I met my stepdad's new girlfriend for the first time and it turns out they're engaged have been since Christmas and we're waiting to tell me face to face now number one I am okay number two it was a really difficult thing to be surprised by <laughs> The man simply cannot stay unmarried. <laughs> like, you know, okay. And I'm having to ask myself why them getting married feels different to them just being together. Because I was relieved when they got together. And again, I want my stepdad to be happy. And I know he's not moving on because I know without a doubt, unless... Trude's got tired of him they would still be together if she was alive today but there was something that wasn't anyone's fault you know I'm not even going to talk about his girlfriend because it and and I mean this in the best possible way to her it doesn't matter who she is or what she's like because she's just not mum so I'm always going to feel different levels of kind of it's not her fault that she's not her, but no one could possibly be her, only her. Um, what did you do with your face? I felt so like, um, so very conscious of my face because it was really hard not to look a bit shocked and pained rather than like, oh, well, hey, happy surprise delight. Mm -hmm. So it's that moment where you know those little um, pictures and models of humans? I think they're called homunculus, ridiculous name, but it's like a proportion of the body. It's a, it's a representation of the body in proportion to like the nerves. 
so like the hands and feet and and st- like all your extremities are really huge and the rest of it's quite small I felt like that I felt like everything was blown up like I'd been stung and my whole face was just swelling up including my tongue and I think I managed to go oh well great that's great <laughs> and I think she could sort of register that there was just an awkwardness and it wasn't from like offense it wasn't from anger it was just like receiving this information and because for me it was so much more this odd sense of betrayal where my stepdad credits me for their meeting because I was the one being like yeah go internet date and like don't um delete your profile she's probably just thinking about what to say back and and it's like setting up someone who you know your mum termed like her life partner really weird I know death till us part but also no no we don't really part in death in a way so there was that and I think there was just something really uncanny about the fact that my mum is now even more part of a sequence like it was fine when it was my late wife rather than he's gonna have a new wife I think that's the it's weird but it's okay it's like it's uh haven't haven't had like a new grief flavor for a while And we will end up having a Baskin Robbins sort of variety in our lives. But yeah, I'm just like, I'm not at the stage where the thing that I'm most concerned about it is like, what am I going to wear to the wedding? Mm-hmm. So my own wedding planning is kind of, it's not, it's not ground to a halt. It's more just trying to find decent catering for a big bunch of people that isn't just like dry chicken and meringue it's quite tricky but so grief is I had a really healing bank holiday where I went back to where I grew up and I got to hang out with one of my longest serving closest friends and we went back to the house where I grew up with truths and stood there and it was like it's okay it's a house Mm. it wasn't painful it was just really cathartic to just kind of be like it's not this huge place in my emotional memory I mean it is but it's not like looming anymore I could just touch it like it's a place it's a place I've been as an adult I haven't been there for like eight or nine years and it was great had a big cry my pal had a big cry I'm really glad I was there when she was there so we had a big hug so that felt quite, um, look, nostalgia is a mental illness, but I was glad to just completely lose it for a weekend and just swim in it. Um, so I'm pretty level at the moment, grief-wise, but as we all know, we are recording from today. <laughs> that's why I'm today. Um, I think that's actually so important to remember is that's why we really ask, how is your grief today? You know, how is your grief now? Because I think so much of the common misconception of grief is that, you know, you say you're fine and someone takes that as you are fine for the rest of your life and you don't need to ask anymore. You know? Completely. It's never a 
closed book. It's something that grows because it's your relationship to that person and that person isn't there in the way you want them anymore. And like all relationships, it ups and downs. What a tether, a tender spot for sure. Absolutely. So we have come to the end of season four. Oh, four. Four. That's a lot of episodes. We're doing all right, aren't we? Turns out there's quite a bit to say and lots more excellent women to learn about and talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm looking at the list now, so I thought we could just go through it and say a couple of cool things we learned from each one, but this is completely unrehearsed. Um, Lisa and Pamela, Lisa from Cheap Play Live. We spoke about sobriety, didn't we? Yeah, that was such an incredible episode to kick off the season and the year with. It was also like deepest, darkest January. Um, It felt to make it all about me because I'm an alcoholic and I tend to make things about myself really valuable personally to talk to someone who is such a like sober ambassador and it's so clear how much that how how what sort of benefit it is to really be present with grief and how you can live a fuller life if alcohol is an issue for you that like no you will lead a fuller life if you cut it out um yeah, I still think of that red wedding dress. Oh, yeah. I love a red wedding dress. Would you consider that? I th- the only reason that I'm, genuinely the only reason that I am going with something, let's say, more traditional in colour palette is because it's the only day in my life I don't have to go, is this a bit too bridal? <laughs> yes, so true. <laughs> okay, so no more. Um, and then we had the pleasure of speaking um, to wonderful Beth um, about her stepmom, Urs, Ursula. And I thought this episode was so, and actually, in the meantime, um, Beth has got engaged to her partner. Oh, um, oh. It's gorgeous. Um, and I know, actually, because I, I know Beth personally, that this had like a really big impact on her and her grief and just having the space to talk about it because I think that you know especially with a step parent you know I think that people can sometimes devalue that despite them being in your life you know almost as long as you can remember oh the way that society culture still doesn't quite grasp the importance of step foster figure yeah completely figures absolutely like us just sounded like such a dynamic and and there's something I think again almost there's something so significant about being in a relationship with a person and loving their child as much as if they were biologically your own like I just think that's incredible so Yeah, loved, loved hearing about us. And congratulations to Beth. That's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Kathy and Hilda. Um, well, firstly, congratulations to Kathy, who has just bought a bookshop in Brighton, which is very <gasps> exciting. I know. Um, and I really, this wasn't, you know, it wasn't an easy episode to record because and Kathy, not that they're all, you know, there's a scale or, or anything, but Kathy and Hilda had a had a really complex relationship, and that kind of didn't necessarily ease in in Hilda's death. And I think that the way Kathy spoke about it was so empathetic and eloquent. It really, it really kind of made me want to be a better person, if you know oh, what I mean. 
100% the grace yeah she sort of carried with it and again it's that thing where it's not everything was hunky-dory fine Mm -hmm. but that level of it not kind of eating her up inside anymore just yeah that kind of an acceptance Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah I think that's that's exactly it her acceptance was very admirable um and I think something that I could definitely learn a lot from in the way that I hold grudges um Sarah and Billy Sarah Schaefer wow this was a really special episode auntie core to the core yeah (laughs) I think to sort of step in and be a little bit kind of to mum you for a second I think it would be good for you to go back and listen to that this week because I think the kind of being in a health crisis coming to terms with something being without Dr Sue and how Sarah spoke about that with Billy I mean obviously like I, I I'm just so grateful to Sarah for, for again being so in her grief in that moment mm. for us because it was a touchstone for me to come back to in terms of how, like the the generosity of her vulnerability, like still staggers me thinking about it. And everyone should read Grand because- Yes, I loved Grand. Yeah, I think, I mean, and also Sarah's kind of love for her family. And we had such an interesting conversation about childlessness and legacy and success it was just really great it was I'll never forget that one. Oh my god so rich like really rich like a big brownie you know we were like oh. <laughs> yeah it was a big old meaty episode wasn't it oh so much to cheer upon <laughs> oh Lisa and Carol this was another lovely one. Oh, I loved the um I, I love it when we have conversations with guests and they unfold and then we find the sort of um, resonance or like the rhymes between our stories and you and Lisa had quite a few. We did, we did, you know, both both having kind of gay dads and understanding mums and um, yeah, I just thought, um, and the free pass, that was our free pass episode where just giving yourself a break. And I think that's probably another thing I need to think now is, is okay if you're not really okay at the moment. Yeah, because we have the ultimate reason and that very different from an excuse like and I think grief my experience of grief has taught me my well it's kind of brought to attention how important my own boundaries are and that it's really just down to me if they're there or not (laughs) yeah it's so true no one else is going to put them up for you Han nope nope it's a DIY job I'm afraid (laughs) <laughs> Alice and Kathy this was another really insightful episode um that touched upon sobriety too yes dear Alice my fellow uh losser um I think it was really powerful in that what we touched upon quite a bit was alcohol in in grief and how for some, I just remember Alice talking about the idea of raising a glass to her parents and she was like it's not something I can do and obviously depends on what's in your glass but we all know what raise your glass means it's that sense of and it, and it brought me back to when people didn't know what to do so they'd just buy me a drink because it's everything it's like a an anesthetic and 
all these kinds of things. But, you know, if you have an issue with alcohol, it's the absolute worst thing that you can do. I loved, I loved the, you know, Alice said when we asked her for a picture, she's like, oh, I'm really sad that we don't have pictures together, but I do have this one of her that I absolutely love. And like, it's Kathy just looking so smiley and, and having a great time. And I think to lose your mum at such, you know, similar age to when you lost Dr. Sue, that kind of, it's hard to look after yourself when you've not got that figure to look out for you. Definitely. And there was something about Heidi and Jean's episode, which was really special to another really complex, very difficult relationship. And we, so we spoke quite a lot about like breaking the cycle of abuse. And that was so fascinating to me. And I know that you've, you've been reading Heidi's um, dissertation, haven't you? Yes. Oh my God. It's amazing. It is a beautiful piece of academic writing. And I am not, <laughs> I'm not as plugged into my academic mode as I would like to be because it is a different, it's a different gear of, of reading and I want to be able to give it my full, my full focus, not in drifts and drafts. But even just the abstract, I'm like, oh, you know, it's that real like, this is definitely a PhD. She deserves yeah. that, doctor. she deserves that uh, doctorhood, doctorship, not sure what the term is, but yeah, absolutely incredible. And that there's something about being able to hear someone describe in acute detail what happened to them and how it is not as simple as my mum abused my mum was an abuser it's like she's still my mum yeah you know there are there were intense moments of love and that's what is difficult in abusive relationships mm. they're not they're not evil villains the whole time they're yeah. very very flawed human beings and um I think again, what Heidi was so brilliant at, at kind of bringing forward is like, if you're listening and you're someone who isn't sure how to be there for someone grieving, you, you just say that you're there. You just show up. That person doesn't necessarily know. They're figuring it out for themselves as well. But just saying, but just being like, I volunteer. Just volunteer and be like, I'll listen and I'll receive it. And I'm not gonna pretend to know what to say back mm -hmm. just that that person knows that you're not going to kind of flinch yeah from yeah you know that means the most and Heidi is so actually unflinching in the way that she talks about it all it was really I felt very honored to be part of that conversation Same. and Carla lovely Carla Sumia and Julie I what a joy Carla oh, just that graveyard uh, great graveside coincidence I will never get over mm -hmm. like that the Carlos Mayer has I think like us that kind of when you are touched by grief in a way it can split you open in a sense that makes you feel like you're unprotected and very isolated and actually the more that you connect the more that you open up yeah it's, it's such a salve to to grief and I was in and again can't remember because these things do pass and it's normally my, you know, <laughs> things of my own conjecture in my own head. But I was in, I can't, I can't remember why, but I was in such a bad mood. And you witnessed the change in me because Carla's like whole energy just completely changed me. And I was like, 
I'm all right by the end of it. So yeah, if anyone gets, if, uh, if you know, gets to be one of um, Carla's students or ask <gasps> for a cup of tea, like, do it. What what an absolute um, an absolute godsend she is. I would move catchment area so Carla was in charge of my school. <laughs> and last but not least, gorgeous Matt Watile and um, his mum, Mary May Elaine. And I thought this was such a um, beautiful episode. And as we speak, um, Matt will be back in Manila uh, for the first time since his mother died. And, um, and I just think the whole idea of returning and moving and changing your location and dating in grief and oh there was god there were so many beautiful things that he's written about and that we spoke about I just loved talking to him oh god what a gorgeous generous conversation so many strands and that Matt if I'm correct me if I'm wrong Anna but I think he's the first person that we've spoken to who is bereaved within oh no I think sorry just match that um no, wait, no, I think Carla and Matt actually, towards the end of this episode, they're both bereaved sort of within the pandemic timeline. Yeah. And because Matt lost no mailing um, towards the beginning of the pandemic, that's, you know, to grieve in quarantine. Yeah. To be literally isolated from everyone and the, and the suspension of, of that disbelief the compounding of that loss oh and his writing's just so beautiful I finished um the groom will keep his name this book of essays and I just absolutely loved it like it just feels again it felt like a continuation of that conversation like his writing is like how he how he speaks and just what a conscientious and just handsome so <laughs> I was trying to think how to like because that all sounded quite intellectual and I was like but it's but they were you know beautiful mother beautiful son like, <laughs> <laughs> probably not very professional but here we are um it has been a joy and you know if anyone who recorded with us is listening um thank you for your time and if you've listened to any episode in the series and loved it or found something in it or you know found a bit of hope a smidge of hope or a bit of solidarity um that's why we do it absolutely and we love hearing from you if you have any thoughts even if it's just you want to share a story about your mum that you don't feel that you can necessarily somewhere else and something in an episode brought it up like we're here and if you would like to come on season five will be in the works before too long so yeah get in touch with us Absolutely. And you can email us at the mother of all losses at gmail.com. Oh, season five. Here we come. <laughs>